2: Many believers, they live by faith, and yet they suffer and die for it. Now, what if the writer to the Hebrews believed in this thing today, and I'm not gonna spend long on it, but you need to be aware of it because it still pervades our television. What if the writer to the Hebrews, let's say it was Paul, he believed in the prosperity doctrine How would you explain these verses?
0: It's fair to say that almost everyone's lives are made up of a series of ups and downs, good times and bad. It doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower, a Buddhist, or atheist. Great things happen, and awful things happen to you. There are those in the church who say that if you're really full of faith, that nothing bad will happen in your life, and you'll be healthy and wealthy. Pastor Mark will teach today that even the most devout full-of-faith believers in God had hard times, and God got them through one way or another. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Faith in the Peaks and Valleys.
2: The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all, this is very important, all the peoples of the earth, not just Israel, might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means this. When God does things for us, that testimony of the change in my life, in your life, the miracle, the healing, the getting us through the difficult time, should be a testimony for the whole world. You need to be opening your mouths and tell of the goodness of God. Being in Beijing, no Christian radio, no Christian television, many of the websites that we watch on the internet are blocked in China. Can't get to them. I have one site that I go to some often just to have all the translations of about 30 Bibles. I go to it. And I use it once in a while to pick out a certain passage. Can't even get to it in China. All blocked. Then how are there, estimates today, 100 million new Christians in China? How are they there? People are doing what? They're opening their mouths. I went to a place of business for the individual that works actually here. Is coming back. He and his wife, Robert Anarba. Well, I went to their place of business, and this gal who works for him in the office, Chinese, she begged me to come and teach them the Word of God. They're starving for the Word of God because they have no other resource. But when they open their mouths and tell what God does, it just explodes. People are looking. We here in the United States, because you can turn... How many of you have your radio plugged in in your car to five or six Christian stations? How many have it? Here you are. The Chinese have no idea what you're even talking about. They have none, zero. After the service, you can go and pick out book after book after book after book book in the bookstore. See, we take it for granted, so we stop talking. We say, if somebody wants to find out, they'll ask us. No, we need to be aggressive. We need to be open. We need to have a heart for the lost and say, God, you open up a door for us. We'd love to walk through it. Well, this is exactly what happened. God didn't do that just so the Israelites would know he was God, that the whole world would know he was God. Now back to Hebrews, where you were, verse 33. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now, why is this writer giving these Old Testament stories? Why is he condensing it here? Well, he's doing that to encourage these people who are in a valley, And he talks about all of these things being done by faith. And you know, Daniel received the promise of God's protection, and he refused to stop praying by faith. As a result, where does he get thrown? In the lion's den. Daniel had a mountaintop experience while he was in the lion's den. Can you imagine that? Why? Because the mouths of the lions were shut by God. Now, how did that happen? It happened by faith. He didn't panic. By faith, the three Hebrew children overcame the power of a fiery furnace. Why? Jesus entered in, was with them, protected them in the fire. They had a mountaintop experience in the middle of a fire. They walked out unharmed. No smoke sent even on them. See, they were on a mountaintop experience, and yet they were almost in a valley. But they came out victorious. One reason, faith. They believed it. And they said, do you remember what they said? If we perish, we perish. But we're going to obey God. Now that's by faith. That's the kind of faith we need. You remember this story in the Old Testament? I'll read it to you. Remember it says in verse 35, Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Mountaintop experience, valley experience, back and forth. Let me read it to you in First Kings 17. Sometime later, the son of a woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Well, she said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. And he took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying. And he laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to God, "O Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy upon this widow I am staying with, by causing her son to die? Notice even great prophets have questions." Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, "O Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him." The Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy, his life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child, carried him down from the room to the house, gave him to the mother, and said, Look, your son is alive. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is truth. You see, Elijah saw miracle after miracle in this woman's house. Then all of a sudden, a valley experience. The son dies. The woman looks and says, it's got to be because I'm not a believer. She's a pagan. She's a Gentile. It's got to be that your God is angry at me. Why did you come to this house? Elijah's trying to figure out how it works. But by faith, he went up. He took the boy up by faith. He'd never done that before. He'd never taken a dead boy and laid on him three times and prayed. But he did it by faith. Faith to be delivered. The young man came to life. That valley experience turned to a mountaintop. Well, look at Hebrews 11.35. Let's look at the transition. This is a tough transition. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now that's mountaintop. Others, here's the transition in the whole paragraph. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Now, would you like to be the first half of verse 35 or the second half? I'll take first. How about you? But notice, these are the same believers in God Jehovah. So this is a transition verse right in the middle. The next thing I want you to write is here. There's not a lot to write, but very important you see this. On the mountaintop, we have faith to be delivered. In the valleys... We need faith not to be delivered. That's hard. I need to learn to be able to say to God, I'm going to persevere. No matter what the outcome is, I'm going to persevere. With your strength, I can go through this. With your strength. You say, Pastor Mark, why don't you just stop there? Let's do the first part again and talk about God delivers us every time. Well, sometimes He doesn't deliver us. Sometimes we have to go through difficult things. But God has to learn to be trusted in those times as well. It's a transition verse. Not all men and women of faith experience miraculous delivery. Guys, you need to see this. In a moment, I'm going to talk about some people that will say different to this. You need to understand this. These are believers in the Old Testament, some who were delivered by faith. Many others were not delivered by faith. By the way, all of them are in heaven today. That's the bottom line. But some were not delivered by faith. So we'll talk about these, because this is where real life is. Now you say, Well, they weren't delivered because they didn't have enough faith. No, that's wrong. They had tremendous faith. They had faith to persevere. They had faith to believe God that no matter what happened, it was okay. Well, look at verse 36. Some faced jeering and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. Now... You say, "Well, is that really true? What's it alluding to? Look at here, Jeremiah 37. They were furious with Jeremiah and had him flogged and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan the secretary. And Jonathan's house had been converted into a prison. Think of the people in the Old Testament that spent time in prison. Joseph, Samson, Micah, Jeremiah. all of them were people of faith, great faith. And yet, they ended up in prison. Now, why would this writer do that? Because some of the very people he was talking to in this little town of Italy may end up in prison. What are they going to do about it if they end up in prison? Are they going to think God's abandoned them? He's trying to show them in the Old Testament there's wonderful people of faith that weren't delivered. Let me give you another example. Anybody remember John the Baptist? Great man of faith, forerunner of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tremendous man. Was he delivered by faith? No, he had faith not to be delivered. His head was cut off. You see, sometimes we don't like to talk about that, but this is real life. This is what happens. This is the balance teaching you and I need to understand. Look at verse 37. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Second Chronicles 24 tells us that Zechariah was stoned. Tradition tells us that Isaiah the prophet was sawed in two. Here's two verses. I think this is very interesting. Hebrews eleven thirty four. Same writer, same audience. And they escaped the edge of the sword. These people, they escaped the edge of the sword. Verse 37. They were put to death by the sword. Now look at those two verses for a moment and explain to me how that can be. How can some people have escaped by the edge of the sword? Well, they did it by faith. They believed God was going to deliver them. Well, then Pastor Mark, these people in 37, their problem was they didn't have enough faith. No, they had plenty of faith. They had faith to believe God didn't want them delivered at that point. And he was going to use that for a purpose that at this point they would never understand and wouldn't understand until they get to heaven. You see, when you look at those two verses, it seems like a contradiction, but it's not. How in the world can a person escape and another group of people not escape? Some die by the sword, some escape dying by the sword. Well, you know the question that we ask very often. Why do bad things happen to good people? You know the statement. If you don't have this in your faith, you need to. Bad things do happen to good people. People of faith. By the way, if you ever say, if anybody ever questions about that, you know the answer I always give them. Bad things happen to God. He had to send his son to die. So it's not just us. Bad things happen to God. He had to send his son to die. Now, if you start thinking about our world today, somebody will say to you, well, if God is so good, why are there wars? Why is there cancer? Why is there floods? AIDS, depression, rape, injustice. Why would God allow thousands of people to lose their pensions? Remember when we had all these corporate things that still go on today, when these executives just padded their own retirement thing, seemingly got off with it. Some of them go to prison, some got off with it. Why would God allow the kidnapping of babies and children? that goes on worldwide today. And behind it, pedophiles. Why do some young people die? Why do some of the wicked seem to prosper? Well, we don't have an answer to all of that. But we do have an answer. We don't understand it all, but we understand that the whole reason for all of these things is sin and Satan. See, God is ultimately in control. But ever since the garden, by the way, when there was the garden, there were no mountaintop and valley experiences. It was all mountaintop. It was beautiful. But man chose, and because of that, that's the world we live in today. Now, don't blame God for these things. You just have to be a person of faith. And Graham Lott says it like this. During the times when you and I can't trace God's hand of purpose, we must trust his heart of love. When we don't understand why, we must trust him because God cares for us more than we can possibly know. Someone else asked, why do bad things happen to good people? They stated like this, why do good things happen to bad people? Because really, we're all bad people. Why do some good things happen to us? Well, that's because of the grace of God. God is holy, we're sinful, nothing really good should ever happen to us. But we learn why good things happen to you. Do you know that the Bible says in you and in me, no good thing dwells? You say, well, I'm pretty good. Really? I don't think so. Without God, we're not good. We're not good at all. And so just understand this verse. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate God, slow to anger. Are you glad he's slow to anger? Man, yeah, slow to anger. And abounding in love and mercy. Are you glad he abounds in love and mercy? Yeah, because we're not good. We don't deserve anything. But he's a good God. And so as you see this, this is why. In spite of all this, we have a God who does care for us. Don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Look at verse 37. They went about in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted. And mistreated. Morehead says this They might have rustled in silks and velvets and luxuriated in the palaces of the prince had they denied God. But instead, because they lived for God, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, themselves accounted no better than a goat or a sheep. They, like these, reckoned fit only for the slaughter. Verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Many believers, they live by faith and yet they suffer and die for it. Now, what if the writer to the Hebrews believed in this thing Today, And I'm not going to spend long on it, but you need to be aware of it because it still pervades our television. What if the writer of the Hebrews, let's say it was Paul, he believed in the prosperity doctrine. How would you explain these verses? You remember this Time Magazine article not long ago? Does God want you to be rich? It was an article that was very interesting. Because many of our popular television programs today, that is the underlying statement. And that doctrine goes by a lot of names. These are people that love the Lord. In my estimation, I'll try to say it kindly, their doctrine is unbalanced. I believe God wants to bless us. I know he does. Let me ask you, are you blessed? I'm blessed in so many ways, I can't imagine it. But not like these individuals teach. It's known as the word of faith. Health and wealth. Name it and claim it. Prosperity gospel. One prosperity teacher writes... If you make up your mind that you are willing to live in divine prosperity and abundance, then divine prosperity, well, it will come to pass in your life. Why? Because you've exercised your faith. All you have to do is say, God, I want to live in divine prosperity and abundance. Come to me. But if you understand, this is erroneous. Faith is not a theocentric act of the will or simply trusting in God. Rather, it's an anthropocentric, spiritual force directed at God. See, faith as a mean to get stuff is wrong. It's totally wrong. As you move through these teachings, here's the one that you'll see always, an emphasis on giving. Now, we should give. We should tithe. We should give offerings. We should be generous. We know the Scripture says that. But their whole focus as you watch it in the background is give to get. And by giving, they'll say to you, you have to plant your seed. Nothing wrong with planting a seed. But they manipulate people. If you give, your daughter will be healed. Your husband will come to the Lord. Now send in your best gift right now. $77 and a gimmick after gimmick after gimmick after gimmick do you know what jesus taught jesus taught his disciples to give hoping for nothing in return the motive has to be right listen to rick warren this idea that god wants everybody to be wealthy well there's a word for that it's called baloney it creates a false idol You don't measure your self worth by your net worth.
0: Today's teaching by Pastor Mark put you with the nation of Israel as they were entering the promised land. You got to hear about God's miracle working activities through the early days of the kingdom of Israel, too. You learned that to have God's power active in your life, you have to do the same thing. You were reminded that God's always ready to help you out. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In his next message, Pastor Mark will bring the teaching Faith in the Peaks and Valleys to a close. He'll be recapping some of the people mentioned in Hebrews 11. You'll find out not only about what we'd consider successes, but also what some might call failures of faith. You will learn that this is absolutely not how God looks at those people. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. His word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear your lessons.